0: Say something for the podcast. Tell the people what you feel. I'm just jazzed about being on the show, man. You You are are listening listening to The Objective objective Jerk, jerk, where where objectiveness is is the objective. objective. And I am said Said jerk. Alright, so this is... I just was talking... (laughs) uh, Recording another episode, just, I don't know. And then trying to just kind of record a bunch, and then, anyway, and then I kind of thought of uh, something, a story, that would be good for me to share, Um, so anyway, so here I go, (laughs) so I was talking about depression, and um, one of the things that, you know, I learned, or I have learned over time, is that, I have actually suffered from depression for a very long time. Um, you know, my <clears throat> my mom has it, my sister, my I mean dad, everybody, my family's freaking, you know, has had an issue with depression. I guess a lot of people have it's the stuff they put in the water and, and the medicine they give you, I'm pretty sure. Anyway. <laughs> um but so, hopefully, me marrying uh, a foreigner, at least a foreigner, you know, from the States, maybe will kind of help mitigate my kids from getting it. Here's hoping, anyway. Um, but, so, here we go. So, you know, I, I, for a while, I thought, you know, my depression was because of my experiences in Iraq. When I think it's more along the lines, like it's just my experiences in Iraq kind of amplified and just kind of made it a little worse Um, or maybe a lot worse, I guess, compared to what it was. But anyway, so here's my story. So I found this out um, while moving here to the Philippines um, after my dad died I was going through some of his stuff and and various things and I found a a little journal from my stepmom that actually she would kind of she would take any kind of notes regarding me and like my mom and stuff like that, you know, cuz it's you know, usually when you got step family and and new remarried whatever there's, you know, it, it's it's very rare I guess to find a family that that, you know, that completely get along. Well, I mean, that's true in any case, I guess. But so, you know, my stepmom and, and my mom didn't get along. I well, don't they ever really did. And then, obviously, my dad and my mom didn't get along because they got divorced, right? So, anyway, so I guess, uh, so my stepmom would just start, she would take down little journal entries uh, anytime Something would occur with me, you know, and them and everything like that. So lots of stuff, you know, child support stuff and whatever, this and that. But the one thing I want to say it covers a couple of years and it's, it's only like maybe, I think there's like one year where there was one entry or something like that, you know? So it wasn't like a detailed weekly journal or anything like that. But the one thing that I, I found, which was, which was, um, Um, interesting for me and kind of like, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, but when I was in like third grade, um, I remember like once or twice a week, I would, I would be pulled out of class and I would go talk to a person. I think it was a a female. I I don't know. And this person would ask me questions. And, and then at the end of it, we would play like connect four or something, some kind of game. Right. And I didn't, I didn't know what it was about. Like I thought it was because I wasn't smart. You know what I mean? Like for the longest time until I read this journal entry regarding it, I thought it was because my grades weren't doing well or something like that. So they were trying to figure out if I was retarded or something. Um, But as it turned out, I think this was the beginning of depression for me because this was like a little after. So my mom, you know, she remarried after my dad. So he was my stepfather, obviously. Um, And he wasn't the greatest guy, but he he wasn't the worst either, I guess. I don't know. He wasn't the worst to me. And but there was a time where he got in a fight with my mom and he hit her. And I remember like I was walking up the stairs, you know, cause you know, it was loud obviously. And like she was laying on the ground in the kitchen or something and she was bleeding cause he like punched her, or slapped her or something. And then, you know, they yell at me and I run back to my room or whatever. So that's about as much as I remember about that. But I guess after that, I kind of, shut down a little bit like at school I guess I was very closed in to the point of where people noticed and that's why I was seeing that person and then they also let my dad know and so they kind of knew right so this was all kind of why I went and saw that person so I remember this was like I don't know two years ago when I found this and I was reading it I was like oh man I was like I totally remember that and then this. And then it was like, oh, it all just kind of clicked, you know? And, um, but yeah, so I think that was kind of the thing that initially brought on like depression for me. And, and then I was sitting there thinking, oh crap, if I've been depressed since then. So I just start kind of like thinking about my life and, and recollecting various things. And I remember it was like, you know, growing up. Being a young adult, it's like, you know, my friends would want to go and and go party and go, hey, let's go out drinking. And I was just like, no, I don't want to. I just wanted to stay home by myself and, you know, watch a movie or something. And I thought it was just because, you know, I didn't want to. I wanted to chill. That's what I kind of, you know, and. But how I look at it, it's like, I think it was that was my depression modes, you know, because I'd go through the, you know, just depressions like hills and valleys and stuff. And so then it was like, huh, OK, so that kind of makes some sense. And and then it would be, you know, there would be time like when I was in school and high school and stuff, I would go through like, OK, let's say ninth grade. Ninth grade was one of the worst years academic-wise for me. I had to go to summer school after ninth grade. It was just one class, an English class, which I actually, that's where I read the book, 1984. Um, so it's kind of cool. But... Um, what was I saying? So, it's like I would, I could focus and be attentive to school and what I needed to do to get things done, and I would be... I would be, you know, optimistic and or I would be eager to kind of, you know, get a good grade and do whatever. And then I'd go through periods where I just did not care. I was like, whatever, I'll just I'll half ass something. I didn't care that I got a D or a C or whatever. You know what I mean? It It didn't bother me. And so I would have, you know, it was like. It was, it was weird. It was like, I don't know how long it would last. I think it would last a while. But it's like I remember having my my best school year was my my um, junior year in high school is when I got the highest grade point average, which still wasn't super high. I don't even know if it was, eh, maybe it was three. But I was actually, I don't know. Well, that was the year that I got my license, <clears throat> and I took driver's ed. And that was the only class that I got, like, straight A-plus, you know, in. Um, but, yeah, so I think I was just kind of, you know, maybe not depressed, happy about getting my license and wanted to make sure I did that, and that kind of helped me along with my other classes. You know what I mean? So it's like I would just kind of think back about on on these things, and I'm like, man. You know, what what would I dunno. It just kinda it's what you know, if I didn't have depression, what would my life be like? Or let's say they did um they did um what is it when a doctor or somebody says, Hey, you have this, that's them dang it. Diagnosed, there we go. Jeez. You know, what if I had been diagnosed with depression? At a young age. And I'm given like antidepressants at a young age like that. You know. How would that. I don't know. So I'm kind of glad for that. That I didn't get that. But I don't know. It's just the whole thing is just crazy. And it's just annoying. But I'm trying to like. With that information. And everything. I'm trying to. uh, You know. Find ways to just kind of keep moving forward. And just try and try and stay positive and everything. And that's, and then this is why I did the podcast. Well, not the first time, the first time I did it just cause I was bored. Of, excuse me. The second time when I originally started the objective jerk was to kind of let me do what I'm doing right now. Just talking to uh, like a therapist, I guess. Um, cause it's, I don't know. It's weird. Like I'm, you know, I'm a private person. I guess I don't really like to, you know, advertise my life to people. I even have a hard time talking to, like, it took me a while to open up to therapists at the VA and, you know, it's just, but then yet here I am, kind of opening up to my computer and this microphone and essentially other people. I don't even know who they are. All right. So my wife just got back. She's knocking on the door. I locked the door so I could not be disturbed. <laughs> anyway. um Oh crap. What was I talking about? I'm going to have to stop it and listen to what I was saying. Um, depression. No, I mean, yeah, but, ah, crap. Hold on a second. Okay. That's right. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not the easiest thing. I think for a lot of men to, to open up, um, to people, strangers, even people that they love, you know what I mean? Like it's, like, it's, it's hard for me to even like talk to my own wife about certain things. And then, and then, I mean, if I just came out and said, hey, uh, I don't feel good right now. I need to talk to you about something. It's important. She would sit down. She would listen, and she'd be attentive to it. But that's not not how I I go about it. You know, I'll kind of start talking, and I'll slowly work my way towards it. But then she's thinking I'm talking about something that she's just not. You know, because I have interests that she doesn't, and vice versa, you know, and then she'll kind of blow it off, and then I get annoyed, even though she has no idea, and then when, so we never we never talk you know what I mean um but it is kind of tough, and I used to I could talk to my dad that was the thing losing my dad here was kind of it was a bigger um I don't know. You know. Anybody loses a father. Everybody loses their father, I guess. Well, not everybody. That's a stupid comment. But, you know. It's hard on most people. I think even if they don't really have much of a relationship with their father. Just to know that their father's gone. I think is hard. Or stepfather. Or whatever. And you know, I didn't have a, a, a big relationship with my dad as a kid. We had more of a relationship once I got older. Um and even then it was like, you know, cause his he had uh he's an alcoholic, so he would, you know, drink and when he's drunk he's a fucking douchebag. <laughs> um when he's sober he was awesome, you know, so it was like having to deal with that. And he was the kind that would be drunk for, you know, a few months. And then he would be sober for a few months. Maybe, you know, give or take a a month or so, whatever, maybe longer. And then he would start drinking again because he's, you know, feeling good. This and that. Oh, I can have a drink. You know how it is. It's like, I'll just have, I'll just drink one glass of wine. That's it. And then it just becomes two and three then more. Then, Then it turns to liquor and whatever. That was just the way it was. Like he just you know and then once he got drunk he would tell me that he couldn't stand to be hung over so he would just keep drinking which i kind of sympathize with like cuz i hate being hung over but that's why i don't drink at all really cuz i hate that feeling and so i guess you know i you know that was one thing Or a small thing that's difference between him and me, but it was a huge factor in our lives because he was drunk or he would wake up, start to feel hungover. And instead of, you know, eating some food, drinking some Gatorade, some coffee and, and being in bed all day or whatever, he would just keep drinking, which I guess is easier but for me, when I woke up and I felt like crap, the last thing I wanted to do was drink. Even even if I knew I'd feel better, I just, I could not do it. So, it's kind of crazy to think about that that little fact. You know, what if I was the same way? What if I was that way and always, you know, drinking? And Or he was, you know, he was like me, didn't want to drink. Anyway... It's just, it's kind of weird to think about crap like that. But anyway, the whole reason I was talking about this was so my dad, when he passed, a part of me was relieved because he had picked up drinking again once he got here. You know, we were before we moved here. He was sober for a while. He went to the doctor, went to the VA. We took him, and. I was there when the doctor's like, "Hey, if you drink, you will die." So and he's like, "Oh, hey, no problem, I'm done." But he always said that, you know. He'd always find a way to get back into it, and I remember when we were getting ready to move here, he was like, or maybe not ready, but it was it was planned, right? We already had we pulled the trigger in moving here; it just hadn't happened yet. And he was like, "I'm not going to drink anything until we're on the plane." And we're halfway here to the Philippines. I want I want to drink some champagne or something like that. And it was like, oh my God, no! That's how it starts. But of course, he's like, oh no, 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 no. And um, and actually, he didn't drink any champagne because he was struggling on the flight over because he had COPD. He had a little portable oxygen machine, but it was hard on him. But once he got here to the Philippines, he immediately felt better. And then, like after like two days he wasn't even carrying his oxygen machine and he could walk you know what I mean so he was if if he would not drink anymore he would have I'm pretty sure he'd still be alive but it added you know but then he's like oh crap now I can drink or I don't know he just started drinking again and so it got to the point where he would go and he'd be shit faced, drive in somewhere, go buy some alcohol and and, and come back. And you know, you can get away with driving drunk here much easier than in the States. Although he got away with it pretty good there too. But so when he passed, you know, part of me was relieved that I didn't have to worry about his drinking and what could happen and all that kind of crap, you know what I mean? And, and we would get into arguments and stuff and he would be a dick sometimes, you know, I didn't have to worry about that. So when he, when he passed, I was actually initially relieved. It's kind of mean to say and stuff, but I was like, okay, so you know, that that's over with the struggles over. He doesn't have to worry about it. We don't have to worry about it. It wasn't until like, you know, over time, I mean, obviously I was upset too, but I remember that was the first thing I felt was relief, you know? And then, and then I was just kind of like, and it wasn't, I think it was like two weeks later, I think is when I kind of broke down. And, um, but, and then as time has went on, it's like, I kind of really feel the void, especially recently of not having him because he was a person that I would, you know, I was upset about something stupid here. I'd bitch to, and he would listen. Or you know, my wife or the kids. Oh my god, they driving me crazy. This and that. Blah, blah blah blah. You know, he would he would um he would listen, and you know. So now, almost three years later, I don't you know I haven't had anybody to really talk to. So that's that's what this is about. Um, and I gotta remember that because I think I I get kind of caught up in. Trying to get downloads and, 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 and all this kind of stuff when it's not about that. It's just, I need to just focus on just doing it and just talking. I don't know. I mean, obviously I'm not going to want to open up like this every time, but it's, you know, it's good to have it. It's just like a journal. It's just a, a, you know, a digital journal, I guess. I don't even have to post these. But then what's really the point? Because I think I'd rather have someone listen to this and, and be able to, you know, empathize with it and be like, yeah, you know, my dad was the same way or my mom or whatever. And I don't know. And somebody say, like, send me an email at the objective jerk at com and be like, dude, man, I would listen to it and I totally agree with you or whatever. I don't know. that'll be kind of cool, but it's just, but that's, yeah. So anyway, so I got like another two minutes. I got to, I got to, I think I have to do 23 minutes if I'm not mistaken. Um, so yeah. So depression, it's a motherfucker. And Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just sucks because like sometimes you don't realize it, you know, but then when what's, what's annoying is when you do realize it and you just cannot get out of it, it's just annoying. I guess the thing to do is just to keep trying though. It's like you just get out of bed and take a shower and just, you know, do a little something. So, I mean, that's one thing I've learned, I guess, is just to kind of really try and I'll, you know go do a load of laundry or try to do some stuff, but but it's just, you can't God, it just gets it gets so annoying. You know, and I've said it before. It's like I I used to, I remember you know, like people would would kill themselves and I'd be like, dude, what the hell, man? It's like, you got kids, you got this. Why would you do that? It's so selfish. And it is. But at the same time, it's like now I kind of understand because You know, they go through some stuff and it's like, and then they just that depression and you can't do anything about it. You just get tired of it. You get tired and you start feeling bad for loved ones having to deal with it as well. You know what I mean? So you're like, you know, what's, what's better? Sometimes me good. And then you having to deal with my depression all the time or me not being here at all. And, you know, you just have to deal with the loss you know what I mean so I think that people weigh that and they just think that people are you know their life would be better if they didn't have to deal with you know your depression and so. stuff now I'm not trying to this isn't a cry for help or anything um, I just I'm just saying that I, I do understand it now you know I don't know, plus it's just, you know, when your brain, whether it's depression or whether it's, you know, survivor's guilt or whatever it is, you know, and it just constantly, you can't do anything about it. No matter what you try, your brain just will not cooperate. It gets, it gets old. It gets annoying. But I think that's the important thing is just to keep, you got to find that you got to find something to kind of keep you going, do something. So they say do do something every day, whether maybe maybe today you shower, tomorrow you shave, you know, the next day you clip your toenails, whatever. I don't know. Just got to keep going. I think that's it. That's the most important thing. So anyway, my time's about up. If you would like to, you can, you know, look me up on uh, Twitter. Twitter. I still have everything. I don't really get on it though, but maybe I'll start checking it again. <sighs> God, I hate the idea of getting on social media, but you know, at the very least, email me, theobjectivejerk at gmail.com. And, um, you know, go from there. All right. Thanks for listening. And, uh, I'm trying to make this last for 10 more seconds. <laughs> trying to get to 25. Cause actually I think, With the AI thing that they have on this now, it has to be 25 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, so that's it. Okay, thanks for listening. Uh, Let me know what you think. All right, talk to you later. Bye.